Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. And just go with me to the first chapter of Acts, verses 4 and 5. Let's get into the word this morning. You know, when I found out, I was like, wow, it's, it's, been, it's been some time since I had to be up here. So you can help me out by just responding back, all right? If you hear something good, say amen. If you hear something good, say hallelujah. If something resonates in your life, don't be afraid to clap. Raise up your hand because that's what it's all about. We're just here to have a good time. And real quick, real quick, as you have your Bibles open, you know, why don't we just do something? I want to do something. We haven't done this in a long time. We haven't done this in a long time, but... Pastor Josh used to do this when we were online because we had to get the word out is if you're connected with us on Facebook, you're connected with us on YouTube right now, just grab your phone, open it up real quick, get to that Facebook page and open up the link and uh, our live feed and then just go share it. And what do we always say when we do that? You share the link, you share the love. All right. So Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 5, it goes with this. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. This morning, I just want to bring a thought to you titled, Worth the Wait. Look to your neighbor, just say, Worth the Wait. Look to the other neighbor and say, worth the wait. Look back at the camera and tell the person watching online, worth the wait. Right there where you're at, let's just go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you. We just want to thank you for this day one. Thank you for the continuous blessings that you placed upon our lives. Lord, I want to thank you for allowing us to be here in your presence. But at this moment, that you open our hearts, that you open our ears to your word, Lord, that you speak to us this morning. But more than that, that we're able to receive this word and that we're, be, that we're able to just implement it into our lives, Lord. Lord, let your word go out and just let it touch the hearts of those that need it this morning. Reaffirm your calling to us, Lord, and allow us just to be a reflection of your grace and your mercy to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says, amen. Go ahead and take your seats. Where are all my impatient people at? No, no, like, like all of my impatient people, like, like it's just like, boom, I got to be somewhere. I got to do something. You know, it, it's just, you know, I'm one of those people, you know, I can make a decision really quick. You know, if somebody says, hey, you know, Phil, I need to do this. All right, let's do this, 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 this. I'm that type of person that we just got to make that decision. But a lot of times when you're impatient, you miss out on stuff. You miss out on the process. You know, a couple years ago, me and my family, we love to do this thing is we go on road trips. Me and my wife, Yessie, you know, uh, uh, she leads our kids. What we love to do is it, 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 we were talking and we kind of came to this place where like, we want to see the country. We want to see all 50 states, including Hawaii. We want to see everything. But what we want to do is we want to share this experience with our kids. 
So we kind of made a promise and we said, before they're 18 years old, we want to have toured the whole country. Now, mind you, mind you, that, that, that's big, right? You're like, wow. Now, mind you, growing up, I didn't really have that. I didn't travel. You know, I, I, the farthest I had went was like to El Paso, Texas to go see family. And, you know, there, and it was one of those worlds, like 16 hours there, 16 hours back. We stopped for, we stopped for gas, and if you've got to use the bathroom, you better be in the car before it starts, or else you might get stuck in New Mexico. So it was just one of those things. You got there, you got back. And, and, but, you know, me and Yessie were like, we're about to embark on just, we're going to challenge ourselves. We're going to do this. And so we went through, like, the first one. We're going to say, all right, we're going up to Canada. Let's see how this goes. So we're going up there. You know, we planned the whole road trip. We planned what we were doing. And, and as Yessie kind of laid out where she wanted to go, and me, I'm, I'm, just, I'm the transporter. I'm like, I get in the car, I drive, and we go. You know, it's like, don't bother me. Just let me turn on the radio, and we're going. If you say we're going to get here by this time, we're going to get there by that time. You know, if we're two hours away, you know, if we're two hours away, but we're supposed to be there in half an hour, we're getting there in half an hour. <laughs> I'm that kind of person. We just go. And then what I, in our first trip, what I began to notice, I was doing that. I was like, all right, we got to go. You know, we're supposed to be in the car at 8 o'clock. It's 8.20. Go, 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 go. You know, and there's Natalie. She's like five years old. She's like going sideways with her little bag, you know, sending him out the, out the door. Let's go. Come on, Matthew. And I would always notice that Matthew would kind of just kind of stay behind. And he kind of just, and I was like, come on. You know, if you have a child, you know the frustration, Right. You're trying to get your kid to move. You're just why can't you just work with me? You know, you become like the best motivational speaker when you're speaking to your child. You're like, look, come on, look at me in the eye, meet me in the car, let's go. We're gonna get going. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it through this day, right? Yes, okay, break. You, you know, you kind of do that. And I was getting frustrated these past couple days, those first couple days. And yes, he, yes, he's like paparazzi. She loves to take pictures. I mean, you blink and she already has her phone out. Boop, boop, boop. As a matter of fact, if you go to her Instagram, you'll notice that I am the best single father on the face of this earth. Because <laughs> she's always there. She's always behind the camera. She's boom, boom, boom. And, and thanks, babe. You're watching from home. Thanks for making me look good. <laughs> but it's just one of those things. She does that. But at the same time, I was like, we got to be here. We got to be there. Let's go. Let's go. And all of a sudden, I noticed like, like about the second, third day in, you, you know when you kind of feel like, you're, like, like that stress, like your shoulders start getting tense and, you know, you start clenching your jaw a little bit. Maybe that's just me. And I noticed that I was not enjoying the trip as I should. I wasn't being in that moment. I wasn't. And what I was noticing was that that was kind of carrying over into yes and carrying over into the kids. And I was like, you know what? Let me slow down. Because I'm going to miss out on a memory that was made for us to experience together, and I'm not going to have that. It was kind of just that light bulb, that uh-huh. So when I took a moment to take a step back, and I was like, eh, it's 8.30. Well, you know, we're supposed to be on the road at 7. But, you know, let me kick my feet up in this hotel, and let me just scroll through the feed. And <laughs> I started kind of taking some moments. And then I noticed when I did that, why Matthew was taking so long. And I love my kid. And this is, you know, God gives kids to you for a blessing, and they just open up your eyes in a different way and make you sensitive to certain things. And I didn't, at that point, you know, I, Matthew, 
my son Matthew, he has a special ministry. You know, God's going to do great things with him. I love him with all my heart. But sometimes, you know, I, I, I didn't want it, not that I didn't want to recognize it, I just wasn't recognizing it for what it was at this point in his life. And all of a sudden, yes, it kind of comes up to me, and she says, hey, do you notice why Matthew was taking a long time? I was like, I appreciate it. I was like, I know, I was like, I know he takes a long time. I don't know why. And then all of a sudden, she brings a little, a little notepad. And you know how in every hotel room there's notepad and there's pens? Well, what he was doing was he was on there, and he was like, hi, my name's Matthew. You know, I go to one of the greatest churches ever, Lighthouse, Lighthouse Church North County in San Marcos. And I want to let you know that Jesus loves you. And if you're ever in San Marcos, you need to come to my church. I felt like a fool. Because <laughs> for the past couple of days, I'm like going like, let's go, let's go, get out the door, move it. <laughs> And here he is, like seven years old, just already evangelizing. Like he already has that on his heart. Like, you know what? Like at seven years old, he's saying, Jesus had made such an impact in my life that I have to share with anybody. I don't care if it's the housekeeper. I don't know who's going to read this. But what's in my heart, I have to put down on this piece of paper so somebody else can read it. And I was like, oh, wow, all right. And I was just like, you know what? If I didn't wait, if I didn't be still... If I just didn't recognize and choose to be in the moment that I was supposed to be, I would have missed out. And that's what this is all about, worth the wait. Be in the moment. Be in the now. You know, it, it's, 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 you got to enjoy. I remember I have to enjoy this moment with my family. And a lot of times that's what we have to do here in this place. I said, like I said earlier, we're family, right? We're fam. You know, no, we wouldn't be sweating in this tent if we weren't fam. Right, right? You know, you've, yeah. <laughs> you went to that family member's house, it's just always hot, and you're just like, I'm just here because I love you. Because <laughs> the AC was a deal breaker in a lot of other people's lives. But, you know, that's why we're here together. We're here. We're family. We're here in these moments to enjoy together. We're here in these moments to make memories together. We're here in these moments to lift each other up. We're here in these moments to reaffirm God's calling in each other's lives. We are here together for these moments. And now we find Jesus in this moment with his disciples. And he's there and he's asking his disciples to remain in Jerusalem. And you need to understand that at this point, Jerusalem was a Jewish political, social, and religious capital. It was in the center of the Jewish culture. Everything revolved around Jerusalem. But Jerusalem was controlled by Pharisees. And these Pharisees were very educated in the word. They were educated, you know, secularly. They, 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 they used that, and they used that to advantage, and they used that to a point where they began to not, influ not only influence the Jewish faith and the Jewish culture, but they began to use that to shape the politics in their favor. You see, when they began to do that, they began to notice that being a Pharisee began to being a booming prophet. There was significant money to be made at the temple. And you got to remember that, that, that when Jesus came in, what was one of the things that he did when he was in the temple and that it frustrated him and it angered him? And what did he do? He went in there and he started flipping over the tables and said, you know, you're not going to make the temple of God. You're not going to make it a den of thieves. You're not going to use this place 
to make something that was supposed to be eternal, temporal. You're not going to do that in this place. But there was Jesus, and he was speaking to his disciples, and he was telling them, I know you want to get away, but wait. They had just crucified Jesus. As a matter of fact, Peter had just denied being a follower of Jesus because he knew that he would be persecuted for following him. Remaining in Jerusalem was the last thing that any of the followers wanted to do. That is not where they wanted to be because they knew that persecution was going to come against them. But there was Jesus standing on the Mount of Olives, two miles outside of Jerusalem. Enough distance to be safe, but still tangible enough to know that danger was very near. I could just imagine that moment that as the followers, that his followers were gathered around him on the Mount of Olives and they were listening to Jesus speak, going like, you know what? He's always told us how to, how to get out of this, how to get out of that. He has a word of wisdom. He's going to tell us where we can seek refuge outside of Jerusalem. He's going to tell us where we can get outside of Jerusalem. But it wasn't so. He was there, and he tells him to remain. The problem was that if they remained, they would be persecuted. If they remained, they would be going right back into the struggle. As a matter of fact, if they remained, it would feel like they would go right back into the mouth of the lion. Imagine being in one of your worst situations and you were told to hold, stop, don't run, don't move. It's a scary proposition. And a lot of times when we look at our own lives, when we're going through those struggles, what's the very first thing that we want to do? We want to hightail it out of that situation. You know, next thing you know, we're, we're you know, LA, you know, chapter, uh, helicopter, Channel 4, we have a vehicle pursuit, you know, and there's Phil waving up. No, <laughs> but we want to run out of our situation. We want to get away. A lot of times we don't want to face it. And it's easy. It's easy to run. You know, have, have, you, have you ever scared, like, a pet? <laughs> like, this is messed up. I don't know where this is going. But <laughs> have you ever scared, like, like, your dog or your cat? You know, they're, like, asleep, and they're just like, mm. they're having their little doggy dreams or whatever. <laughs> but have you ever snuck up on them, and you're just like, bah! <laughs> and all the, the dog jumps up. You'll see what kind of dog they are because they'll either fly away or all of a sudden they'll jump up and they start growling. They don't know where the threat's coming from. They don't know what it is, but they're holding their ground and they're getting in. And they hunkered in and they're like, I don't care what's going on, but I'm going to fight it off. But more often than not, you see them take off, huh? They'll run into a wall, sliding glass door. They don't know where they're going, just boom. (laughs) But this is one of those things where God was just telling them, remain. Stand still. Don't run from your problems. And the unfortunate thing is that for a lot of us, we subscribe to this Christianity that we think that everything is going to be easy. We subscribe to this thing that, you know what, as long as I give my life to Christ, you know, it's going to be smooth. If I get baptized, you know, it's going to be good. You know, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. You think it's going to be a bed of roses. But unfortunately, we forget that that bed of roses also has thorns. 
You think it's going to be good, but it's, it, you, you want to subscribe to this. And as a matter of fact, unfortunately, social media has just kind of like this way of just like, like showing just the high points in everybody's life, right? Man, they're always, you know, they're always on vacation. You know, they're this, they're that. They're here, they're there, you know. They're just pulling photos from like five years ago. <laughs> they're just making sure, you know, timestamp off, you know. <laughs> And it's perception. And many times we grab that perception and we're like, you know, I just got to do what they do and that will bring happiness into my life. If I live how, like that, how they live, it will bring those same things into my life where it's not. Where each and every one of our lives, is, we're called to go on very different roads. All of us have different upbringings. All of us have different struggles. My struggles aren't the same as yours and yours aren't the same as mine. But the great thing about this Christian walk, the great thing about having family, the great thing about being together is that where I lack, I know that you probably make up for that and you could feed that into my life. And I know that where you lack, I might be strong in that and I could come speak a word into your life and I could come encourage you and I could come lift you up. And that's the great thing about family and that's the great thing about being together. It's not always easy. Yet Jesus knew what he was asking them to do, but yet he said, remain, stay still. But yet today, today we've come just increasingly mobile, always on the move, right? From one thing to the next, from one thing to the next. You know, you know ever since we started going on these road trips, I love finding other families that go on road trips. And also I came across this family, there's like five of them. As soon as the pandemic kicked off a couple months, they saw that it wasn't going, you know, it was just going to go in a whole different way. They sold their house, they sold everything they had. They bought a big old trailer and now they're working remotely. You know, they're, they're, they're working from vacation, they're working on vacation, they're working from the wilderness, they got their little hot spot, they're doing this, they're doing that. And they're showing all these crossing goals across social media and they're just, you know, it's just just crazy because it just seems like nowadays there's the, the, they're doing that. You look at this family, they're doing that. You're looking at across the whole board and everybody's increasingly mobile. And it just seems like a, just a really uncool thing to stay still and to weather the storm. It's almost like it's uncool to grow some roots. But when you look at gardening, what's the most important thing is the roots. Because it's where you're rooted, where you begin to draw up the strength. You draw up the water. The roots drop the water. They drop the nutrients. And not only that, you know, we all think of that. But when hard time comes, what keeps it, what keeps the plant there? The roots. When hard times come, when the wind comes, it's rooted. When the water comes, it's rooted. When the sun's beating down on it and, you know, even though the leaves are withering away, it's still alive because of what? The roots. But it just seems to be a real millennial characteristic to have no loyalty. It's almost as if loyalty is a dying marker of the next generation. Almost to say something, if that carries over, it, it starts to carry over and say, then what's that mean for the faithfulness of the church? Is that marker of faithfulness, is it there? Is that root there? No, no. Don't, don't catch me wrong and be like, well, Pastor Phil, is he saying this? He's saying, like, you know, just you can never move churches. <laughs> Trust, I'm not here saying that. What I'm saying is 
is what you believe, what God has done in your life, you have to be rooted in that. Just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's not God's will. Let me tell you, Pastor Joe, anybody else I was day one here, you can attest, planting a church is not easy. But when God calls you to do something, you do it. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care what I have to put up with. I don't care what I have to go through. God, you're calling me. It's your will. I'm going to go through it. In John 16, 33, it says, I have told you these things, and this is, this is Christ talking, so that in me you may have peace. This is a crazy thing. Like, like, like this is Jesus, and he's speaking. This is before the crucifixion. This is before everything that's happened. This is even before we have even existed. You know, we're just, but this is just really relevant even to right now at this moment. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace, so that in me you will find comfort, so that in me, be faithful in me. Trust me. In this world, you will have trouble. How many of you have got some trouble right now? Right? But then he says, but take heart. Take heart. Thy word shall I hide in my heart that I not, might not sin against you. You know, that's what David said, right? I'll grab a hold of your word. I'm going to place it somewhere. I'm going to place it somewhere where I can protect it, where I can hold it straight. And I could hold it and I could dig deep down when things are coming up against me. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Christ is saying, hey, 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 hold on, hold on. Look, just stay in me. Just, just, I've, I'm telling you right now, your life isn't going to be perfect. I'm telling you right now, you're going to have some hurt. I'm telling you right now, you're going to have some rejection. I'm going to tell you right now that you're not always going to be in the best circumstance. But have faith in me and have faith in my word that, that, that no matter that trouble that comes against you, I will overcome the world. What I have placed in you, you shall overcome the world. What I have given to you, you will overcome. But I'm convinced that Christians have admitted this verse from the Bible reading. We, we only want to read the good stuff, right? We want to put the good stuff up on our Pinterest wall. I don't have a Pinterest wall. But I'm just saying, I'm just generalizing, just making a majority, just throwing that out there. <laughs> but that's one of those things that we, you know, we, don't, we don't change that. We don't put that on our Facebook profile. You know, we, that, that verse, I've never seen that verse make it down to like an Instagram quote, nothing like that. How convinced in, 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 that, that sometimes we just omit verses like that, knowing that we're going to have trouble. It's, it's kind of almost like, like, like we like to say, you know, I'm mature. I'm, I'm grown. I'm grown. You ever seen that little three-year-old kid that all of a sudden he comes out and he's like, I'm grown. I'm like, no. <laughs> but, but, but it's almost like we say that spiritually. We, oh, you know, I'm grown. I'm grown. And all of a sudden something comes against us or, or, or all of a sudden something in the Bible we're reading or in our devotion. And all of a sudden a verse leaps down. We're like, you know, what? I didn't see that because if I saw that, it holds me accountable. And we kind of almost take like that peekaboo from a little kid, you know. And, and, and since my wife works you know, with, with children, you know, I kind of asked her, I was like, why does peekaboo work so good with kids? Like, 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 you see me, I see you. I know you see all of me. There's a whole lot here. 
And I'm going to get this little blanket and cover my face. And I'm like, peekaboo. And all of a sudden the kid laughs, right? And then also when you hide your face, you ever, you ever see their, uh, well, you probably don't see the expression, but somebody else will see the expression. And you cover your face and all of a sudden they're like, hey, where'd you go? Like, what are you doing? Like, and all of a sudden you're like, boo here I am. And it's gone. And I would always ask Jesse, like, like, why? Like, like, why does that happen? And she's like, well, you know, at that age, they have no reference of time. You know, if you disappear, you disappear. If they can't see you, it's almost like, all right, out of sight, out of mind. And I was just thinking about that, and I was like, isn't that what we do so much a lot sometimes when we read the Bible? When things begin to hold us accountable, when we're just like, you know what, well, I read it, but since I don't see it consistently, I'm just going to admit it out of my life. I'm just going to, you know, I'll put that to the side, but I'm going to read about the blessings that I can receive. I'll read about this that I'm supposed to do. I'll read about this. I'll read about the good stuff, but the stuff that's preparing me to go through the hard stuff, I'll put that to the side because it just doesn't make me feel right. You ever use that excuse? It doesn't agree with me, but yet it convicts you. There's a difference. But what are you going to do when God's will requires you to do something that you don't want to? What am I going to do when God's will requires me to do something that I really don't want to do? What am I going to do? Can you end a relationship because God said so? Can you quit that habit that you have because God told you so? Can you change what you watch because God told you to? Can you stop treating your body the way you have because God told you so? You got to understand, you don't stop doing something because, you know, Pastor Phil told you to stop or, you know, Pastor Josh told you to stop or anybody. You don't stop because of that. You stop or, or you stop because you think a Christian shouldn't do it. What you need to do is you need to find your prayer closet. You need to find that place that you have with God. You need to lock yourself inside of it. You need to get into communication with God. You need to pray. You need to lock yourself inside. And you need to figure out what your Heavenly Father is calling and willing you to do and don't come out of there until you do it. And once you're ready, will you do it? Once you come out, will you do it? It's a tough choice. It's a tough place to be. But tough places require strong Christians. Hard callings require strong Christians. You ever hear that saying? Hey, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. If it didn't require much, everybody would be doing it. You know, about a couple months ago, Matthew, Matthew, he was there, and, and, and a shout-out to the worship team because he's always looking at you guys. And all of a sudden, you know, he, he sees his, his Uncle Vic plays the bass, and then he sees, you know, Matt up here playing the bass and, and, and Mike up here playing the bass. And all of a sudden, he approaches me, and yes, he goes, Hey, Daddy, I want to learn how to play the bass. And I was like, all right. Because <laughs> I, I just saw subtractions coming out of my bank account. <laughs> I 
So they, all right. So we called up a friend, and he was like, yeah, okay, I'll teach him, all right. Hey, hey, hey. And I told Matthew, hey, you got to call your Theo Vic. He has an extra base. You know, dad, daddy ain't going to buy you one. <laughs> so he can, hey, Theo Vic, can I borrow a base? Yeah, I got a base for you. All right. So there we go. He shows up to his first practice. And it's just simple. It's just like, like whole notes. And, and for those of you who know music, whole notes are exciting, right? Boom. And that's like his first practice. How'd you enjoy it? When I'm like, I learned the good stuff. <laughs> it's just like, can't learn the good stuff if you don't know the small stuff. And so we go through a couple more classes, a couple more classes, and then, but he's just there, and he's like, don't, and then finally, like, and then all of a sudden, they're, they're like, all right, we're going we're gonna to have a, um, a recital. Wrong choice of words they should have told him. Because all of a sudden, his boy goes like, play that note. And I was just like, but Matthew, like, like this is the next step. Like, you've, we've seen you progress. We've seen you do some stuff over the past couple of weeks. I've seen my bank account get a lot smaller. You know, you got to do this recital. <laughs> nope, not going to make me. Not going to do it. And then it, it was just one of those things. And I was just like, dude, like, like hey, boy, like, you know, you got to take that next step. And you wouldn't do it. And it kind of flashed me. Like, we, we come to those points where people... God's asking us to do something, and yet we take a stand and we're like, mm -mm, not going to do it. But it's for your benefit. Mm -mm, not going to do it. But it's going to get you to the next level. You spent so much time in prayer. You spent so much time fasting. You've done this. You're serving here. You're serving there. You're doing this. I'm calling you to do this. Just take the next step. Mm -mm, not going to make me. And a lot of it hinges on, on our past, hinges on feelings, hinges on hurts, hinges on placing yourself in a position to be vulnerable. But didn't we just hear Christ, didn't we hear Jesus say, hey, 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 I've told you these things. I've told you these things so that you and me, you have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. But let me just tell you that you're going to overcome. You're going to be better. The beautiful thing about being in a relationship with our Father is that He will talk to you if you listen. And when He does talk to you, He will often talk to you about your future, and God will say to you what He sees in you. Sometimes we look in the mirror and we just see the reflection of everything that life has thrown at us. You know, other people see us and they see the smile, they see that's good, but when you look at yourself, you see that hurt that you haven't shared with anybody else. You share that disappointment that nobody else knows about. You see those things. But what God does is he looks in you and then he begins to say, you know what? I see something greater in you than you see in yourself. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And throughout the scriptures, we see Jesus dealing it this way to people. He told Abraham that he was going to make him a father of many people. And Abraham had no children when he first heard this. He called Gideon a mighty man of valor. But yet Gideon was battling with fear. 
He called Jacob Israel, which was speaking into his future. Yet at the time, Jacob was far from God and yet said, you have power with me. This happens again and again and again in the scriptures because, God, because to God, your future is his past. How awesome is that, knowing that God is coming to you and say, I've already seen what you have, I've already seen what you're going through, but don't worry, let me speak into you because my past is your future. When you read the word of God, it will lift you up. When you read the word of God, it will encourage you. When you read the word of God, it will strengthen you. When you read the God, word of God, it will equip you. And when you read the word of God, it will only make you better. When you spend time with the scriptures, the written word of God, it does just that. It makes you better. Then Jesus ends this thought by saying that they were to remain in Jerusalem. And those that were to remain and those that were to wait were to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The remaining, the waiting, is the purpose. When you wait, you grow. When you're rooted, you grow. Something always happens when you wait. When you wait in that still place to hear the voice of God speak to you, he speaks to us as our comforter. He will speak to us as our advocate. He will convict us of things that we need to change in our lives. His voice will inspire us. His voice will empower us. The reason that the believers had to remain in Jerusalem was what, that they needed to see what they had just heard about so that they could be empowered for what God was calling them to do. Which is the same thing that today God is calling us to do. He's calling us to change this world. And if we are going to change this world, we need the Holy Spirit. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need to be in a place where the Holy Spirit can speak to us. We need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, there will be a tangible outward experience based on a supernatural inward experience. What always happens on the inside always comes out. You ever meet a bitter person? When you kind of dig through those layers, what do you find out? They're bitter through and through. But have you ever met one of those people that's just filled with joy? That's just happy? No matter what's happening, they still got that smile on their face. They're still good, right? And isn't it infectious to be around those people? You look at it and you're just like, man, you shared your story. You've been through some stuff. And you're still here and you're still smiling. I need to put my, myself around people like that. 
But here's a crazy ending to the story. 500 people were there on the Mount Olive hearing Jesus speak and telling them to remain and telling them to wait. And yet only 120 people remained. 380 people decided that whatever was coming wasn't worth the wait. It wasn't worth the persecution. It wasn't worth the pain. It wasn't worth the discomfort. It just wasn't worth it. 300 people who heard from Jesus, literally heard from him, were literally there in his presence. 380 people never made it to the upper room. But the 120 others waited and they prayed. Imagine being one of the 380 only to find out what happened that day. Kind of like when you invested in Dogecoin. I waited. I waited. I cashed out. Should have waited. Now imagine that feeling for those 380 people on a grander scale. I walked with Christ. I followed him. I heard him physically to me. And I cashed out too soon. Today, as this word goes out, don't be part of that 380. You hear the voice of God. For some of you, you've been hearing that tangible voice for a long time. And you've been saying, nope, not going to do it. But why? I'm scared. Hurting. I'm telling you today. Say yes. And I guarantee, I guarantee that that will be the best choice you could have ever made. Why don't we stand this morning? If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.